Why me? Well, I know a lot of smart guys and a few honest ones. And you're both. What happens to her? I won't touch her. Okay. You can never help anything, can you? You're like a leaf that the wind blows from one gutter to another. You can't help anything you do. Even murder. You can't say it was that. I can say one thing. I buried her. Hello and welcome to All the Best Lines. I am your host, Smokey, and over there is my co-host, Adam. <laughs> Hello, my friend. <laughs> Hello. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good, sir. How are you? Yeah, cool. Still recovering from the gin day with Tom. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that good. It was, yeah. And I Do you hear... remember it? <laughs> <laughs> I... Do you know what? I listened back to it when I was food shopping the other day, and I was thinking... I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that. And wasn't I bloody boisterous all the way through that one? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think that's uh, a result of the fluid I was imbibing at the time. But yes, um, yeah, <laughs> it's lovely to see you too. I hear that episode's doing rather well. It's doing exceptionally well. Yes, I've been uh, I've been very impressed. And, and thank you to everyone for, for downloading it. It's very sweet of everyone. And uh, everyone's been very nice about it as well, which is which has been very good. And, and, and I know... Tom, in fact, let's just stop there and just say thank you to Tom for joining us. He was he was wonderful. He was. He's like Uh-oh. a prize. He's a prize you get from oh God. a circus stall. What? So Tom's Tom, Tom's Tom's like a goldfish. Words. <laughs> He's like the goldfish you win by hooking a duck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on quickly. Okay. I just don't well, know where I was going with that. <laughs> No, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, but no, we did. We ha- we had some lovely feedback about it. Um, but uh, just returning to uh, the episode uh, previous to the one we released with Tom, which was the one that we did uh, about um, Val something. Untine. <laughs> That's the one. Yes, we yeah. did. Um, now, Mister Luton, uh, we did we did the Leopard Man, and uh, uh, which again was was very well received, which was which was very nice of everyone who uh, who said that to us. Um, but we, I, I don't know if this is going to be a recurring trend uh, or a recurring segment, I should say, on on the show. In the fact that uh, we received another email. Did we? Yeah. Did they yeah, arrive did. like, you know, a little angel? Does he come down from the heavens with a little harp and like just drop them off and blow his horn and off he goes again? Because these are turning into well, hallowed events, Bernard. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> thank you, Deirdre. I mean, you, you have to remember that this is quite a random occurrence for me. <laughs> I know it happens daily for you. So, so for me, it's like a bit of mail coming through my door that isn't a bill you know what i mean mm. it's just sort of like and then it's not and so in the modern day equivalent it's not a piece of spam it's someone just being very nice and so i i personally i like it very much so if, do you if use you outlook express to, if you, yeah i do actually but if you <laughs> smoky's so unused to getting emails that he hasn't updated his email software it still says you've got mail every time he gets one I, God bless it, your heart. I, I, I remember you just reminded me. I remember years ago I did change that thing to Morgan Freeman's voice, but uh, yeah, that got lost <laughs> along the way. But no, we are on Gmail. Everyone knows we're on all the best lines at gmail.com. See, get it in early. But we did get uh, a lovely uh, email from uh, Doreen, which I wanted to read to you, Adam. Okay. 
um, because obviously I, I keep these a secret. <laughs> I mean, you could look at them yourself, but I know you never will. So uh, so this is a message from Doreen, so I'll, I'll read this. And uh, um, she says, uh, thank you for making me look forward to my long commute every morning. And she says, uh, she says, I'm really enjoying the reviews. Hang on, this is good. And she says, although your rating, se- your rating system <laughs> leaves much to be desired, that horrible... <laughs> I how it gets better. That horrible doll movie. You gave that a nine. <laughs> Hell yes, we did. Yeah, f- yes, we did. Oh yeah, and Adam's editing this one, so he has to use the bleep button. And she goes, and she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, but- and I couldn't even watch it. Ah. <laughs> God bless Hang on, there's more. There's, there's more. There's more, there's is there? Just quickly, regarding the bleep button, I'll I'll be bleeping every time Smokey says something sexist, okay? Uh, okay. Go. You're, you're just going to bleep out everything <laughs> and people who think I'm a raging sexist. That was the joke, yeah. Uh, you don't just... <laughs> that, I don't do... <laughs> I can't... With me. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Maureen from Doreen. Doreen. Oh, nicely done, sir. Uh, she says uh, after last week's episode, uh, i.e., as in our last episode, uh, she watched Leopard Man. Sorry, hmm. and then she, uh, which she didn't proffer an opinion on, but I'm assuming she liked it. And then uh, she said, uh, "So keep up the good work. Uh, I'm loving this." Uh, and then she says something about Adam, which we don't need to hear about. So uh, yeah, so that, that's a lovely email. I'm not Aww. reading that bit out because it's far too gushing about you, so I'm keeping that to myself. <laughs> Why would you keep that to yourself? That's slightly creepy. Be- because uh, <laughs> that's Dur- what Doreen like knows that. what. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was not my point at all, and you know it. Doreen knows what she says. I know what she said, and that never the twain shall meet. That's that's it. She, is it know, not? Is that not a message for me though, or was it for you? It, it was a bit of both, but no one needs to hear it. It's fine. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's far it's too fine. I actually, I actually agree with you, and I don't particularly want you to read a gushing email about me. It'll be horribly embarrassing. I will, I will say that. Um, Doreen, it, it was one sentence. Fine. Doreen right. was making it clear uh, who her allegiance stands with. <laughs> God bless her heart. Doreen um, mm-hmm. actually hits me up on Facebook, sort of once or twice a week, to 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 ask. You know, if I what have you watched this week? Because I want to watch something. So I always mm. tell her what I'm watching at the time or what I've planned to watch. And then within yeah. within two hours, she's she's replies. I thought that was terrible. I thought that was amazing. I loved that. I, I hated that. So yeah, she's like my little um. She's like my little. Is is, is sorry is 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 Doreen Edward G Robinson? <laughs> there we go. So you think I do a passable Edward G Robinson then? <laughs> I do, yeah. Thank you. But also, actually, fair, fair play to Doreen. Uh, she did ask me my favorite horror movie as well. So, yeah. Did she? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but nice. so, which also, uh, very shamelessly, my friend, I and I'll do it here as well. Which is, I gave a massive plug to you joining me on my other show to review the thing. So, <laughs> that is my favorite horror movie. I just said, well, look here, you love Adam. You, you kind of like me, so you might as well listen to this. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But thank you, Doreen. That was very kind. Yeah, thank and you, anyone Doreen. Anyone else out there, you. you want to be cool like Doreen and, and uh, Buckaroo Bonnie from before <laughs> and everyone else, just uh, email us at allthebestlines at gmail.com. Anyway, my friend, why are we here today? Well, you asked 
for uh, a film noir this time, I believe. So mm-hmm. I thought one of the best, if not the best, out of the past, 1947, Robert Mitchum, Jane Greer, Kirk Douglas, held up as probably the best film noir. It's one of those f- uh, film noirs that I think, if you look down a list of what makes a film a film noir, it ticks every single one of those. You got a femme fatale, perhaps the femme fatale. You have, you know, the whole thing is seen through the gauze of cigarette smoke. You have a labyrinthine mystery to solve. You have thriller. You have a great baddie. You have um, a tough as nails good guy. And you have perhaps the most startlingly artistic shadows ever committed to film by yeah. the genius that is Nicholas Musaraka, the man who, who gave Val Luton all of his all of his shadows. So I think probably out of the past is, if not the best place to start, then definitely a destination you have to hit on your roadmap through the world of film noir. Out of the past, 1947. Yeah, I watched this for the first time a few... Uh, actually, no, that's a complete lie. I watched this for the first time years and years ago, and mm. I'd forgotten I'd even seen it. Mm. And then when it was announced for your uh, wonderfully popular film club, I uh, I was sort of like, oh, great, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And like five or ten minutes in, I was sort of like, hang on, this is all seeming very, very familiar. <laughs> and uh, And it was sort of like... Oh, I've seen this before, but I had no idea where it went. It just it completely sort of slipped my memory. There were just fragments of it, of Mitchum and Kirk Douglas and whatnot, and it was just sort of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'll be quite glad to get back into this again. And uh, and I and I watched it, and I, I really enjoyed it without properly taking it in, because we should point mm. out that it does flip about a bit in time, doesn't it? Yeah, film 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 club is also as well. I mean, people don't come to film club to necessarily sit there in silence and concentrate on the film. They come to the film club to enjoy an old movie while they chat. And I think yeah. that this, I think this film more than any other so far that we've watched, and we've watched like close to a hundred movies now, is probably wow. the toughest one that people watch because you do have to concentrate on the plot it starts in the present then it goes back in time then it comes back to just before the present then we're back at the present and then you know it's it's, it's like you do have to keep tabs on you know who's told this to someone it's it's one of those films you have to concentrate on definitely but then i think that's true of a lot oh. of film noir i think film noir yeah. um is not a good fit for film clubs <laughs> so i'll say unless they're really sort yeah. of dumbed down ones that just have noir stylings i think if you're you know if you're a proper labyrinth of a plot you need to keep you need to keep on your toes. I think with this one, I had to explain. I agree. Yeah, as it was going on three or four times, I think just because people, you know, popped to get a drink, came back. What's happened? Oh, where are we now? Who's who's this girl? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, and you do very well at that, by the way. Not 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 uh, not enough people give you credit <laughs> for the amount of re- recapping and uh, explaining that you uh, that you have to do. Thank you, thank you. I've started putting the films on mm. slightly later now. Like it used to be, I used to have like you know, the film started at seven on the nose, but now if, if you start them about quarter yeah. past twenty plus, because people keep stumbling in. Ah, oh, just made it, just made it. And you have to recap the plot, recap the plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I yeah. I mean, I must admit, I needed uh, I needed a proper a proper view of it just by myself, and um and I started it um. It, uh, today in fact uh, early this afternoon and by the time i was halfway through 
it had gone dark outside and I just hadn't turned on any lights. So it just got, it. My, even my room had gone proper noir. And so it was just sort of like, oh, this is the perfect ap- atmosphere to watch it. But the thing was, was that I've got to admit this, is that I didn't even notice that it had gone dark outside or whatnot. And then I looked and I'd watched 50 minutes of the film and I hadn't even noticed. And it was just, it was all like, oh, okay, there's something good happening here. Mm -hmm. And um, being, you know, fully admitted noir novice, um, I can't say noir without going... big on it i can't noir you know i can't i can't i just can't say noir it just doesn't sound right but no being a, a noir novice um a noir i just obviously there we go see this is why you get the money and uh so uh, i'd really uh, i'd really only seen probably you know double indemnity which was you know one of my favorites absolutely spankingly good movie but every again it's a big hitter everyone really knows and then and then of course you know you get the um the robert mitchum voiceover as you should in any good noir from what i've seen and uh and of course my mind just because it's me my mind flashes to frank drebin in naked gun when he's doing his noir you know piss take <laughs> and it was just so you know and he's walking along the street and he's doing hopscotch and then it's where the hell was i you know that kind of thing and it's just <laughs> it, my mind always flashes on that and it always will i can't help it but i was watching it and just and i was just sat there going right I, this film can't be this good mm. and and it just kept getting better and better and better and i'm like well the, the ass is going to fall out of this thing any second doesn't doesn't really does it. doesn't it's like one of the most consistently brilliantly constructed movies ever made and it's just so intricately perfectly designed it's it's a marvel and it has no right to be as perfect as it is because it's just an RKO you know not a B movie it's a marvel obviously. movie they, well they ch- they definitely chucked some money at it and it was Jacques Tourneau was definitely an A-list director. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was like a B movie, but you know, no. this wasn't a prestige piece. It was just a, it was just a thriller. But because of the artistry involved in it, and just because they caught the zeitgeist of those three leads at that time, you know, just you know, Mitchum never never more iconic than in this film. Jane Greer is. Mm incandescent in this film but you know kirk douglas he doesn't get enough credit for this film he's third build you know he's just a sneering little mm-hmm. little villain who who as the film goes on you get less and less afraid of him don't you? it's just such a yeah perfect... oh yeah you realize how how little power he actually has yeah he's insignificant actually yeah he comes across all menacing at the beginning but yeah it's, i'm getting ahead of myself anyway no 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 i'm glad i'm glad you touched on that because i i just wanted to say that you i mean as you say, Kirk Douglas is yeah, he's he's little, he's sniveling, and he's he's a coward basically. But mm. you, uh, Kirk Douglas himself, you can, just watching him on this in this, you can, you can he's a star. He's a he's amazing. Star. In this. He doesn't get enough credit for this film, I think. Everyone yeah. goes Mitchum and Greer, Mitchum and Greer, Mitchum and Greer. No. That scene where it's about halfway through, and let's just say Mitchum arrives, you know, in the now, the contemporary yep. timeline. Present time. He's just yeah. explained his story. Yeah. He gets to the gates. Mm-hmm. He comes to Kirk Douglas after he's done Kirk Douglas a wrong in the first half of the film. The scene where Kirk Douglas yep. welcomes him in, makes him the offer, sits him down to breakfast. That mm-hmm. performance in that scene yep is absolutely spellbinding. It is perfection. He is just the right amount of menacing, threatening. He's trying to be friendly. He's holding it back. He's wearing this perma grin. It's like, 
it's just it's just such a great performance in that movie. He's so so good in it. Had breakfast? No. Joe, tell the boy we have a guest. Say, I understand you're operating a little gasoline station. You say it like it was hard to understand. Well, it is. It's very simple. I sell gasoline, I make a small profit. With that, I buy groceries, the grocer makes a profit. We call it earning a living. You may have heard of it somewhere. I may have, but it wasn't from you. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, Wayne. My feelings? About ten years ago, I hid them somewhere and haven't been able to find them. Where did you look? In my pocketbook. I need your help. Like old times. I always liked you. You liked me because you could use me. You could use me because I was smart. I'm not smart anymore. I run a gas station. Can you still listen? I can hear. Well, you told me about your business. Well, mine is a little more precarious, and I earn considerably more. So I've heard. So has the government. Well, this may sound ridiculous, but you could pay them. Oh, that would be against my nature. All right, forget I said it. So I collaborated with a certain man who understands these things. He, he saved me quite a bit of money, a million dollars. I didn't particularly trust him, so I paid him well, but he's unhappy. He wants more money. Well, he saved you a lot. Well, I appreciate it. I always remember what any man did for me. Or didn't. Perhaps. The point is that now he wants 200,000. Well, he could get 10% of the million from the government if he turns you in. Oh, you're up on these things. Has he got anything to trade? Well, he has the income tax records, but I don't see why I should buy them when I might persuade you to get them for me. And I'd have them. I know. But I can trust you. You know, I don't think you can trust anybody. You better go in there and get them yourself. I'd rather you did it. There's a line... I can't remember. I can't remember the exact line, but um, and not to get too crude, but he lets um, uh, Mitchum know uh, Jeff. We should say we, he lets Jeff know that uh, that he knows that he sh- his bird, mm. and it's just sort of like, but it, but it's just such a throwaway line, and, and but. And you you look at Mitchum and you look at her and it's sort of like, he knows, he knows, doesn't he? Oh, no, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's a it's a brilliant wonderful. We should we should probably run through the plot. Not not that you can really run through the plot of this thing, but just so people got an idea what it's about. It's hard to it's hard to cap this, isn't it? So it starts in modern day. A a, a hoodlum pulls up to a small town Mm -hmm. and uh, at the gas station, he confronts the the guy who owns the gas station there his name is jeff played by robert mitchum um and says um finally found you why don't you come up to the hill he's waiting for you that's all you know at this point so that's it's a classic setup so he's he's obviously gone straight and someone's found him he's done something in the past everyone sure missed you jeff but not as much as i have how's that wait used to look at me shake his head and wish i had brains like you what's the other reason i have to find you i owe you something not me who so the small town girl that he is now involved with uh, agrees mm. to go with him to this place that he's got to go to, he's been summoned to, to face the music. And on the way there, he explains what it was he did. And we then go back in time in a flashback to see that he was a private investigator mm-hmm. who was hired by Kirk Douglas's character to catch up with Kirk Douglas's girlfriend, Kathy, who apparently has stolen a great deal of money from him and shot him. So um, he wants her back. And Mitchum says, I'll do it, but as long as you don't beat her up, as long as it's just to, you know, as long as you don't bash her about. He's got... He's got morals. <laughs> <laughs> he has, yeah. So he tracks her down to Mexico, um, and they begin an affair. Um, she seduces him, basically, and he seduces her back, and they begin an affair, and they're just about to run away yeah. together when Kirk Douglas shows up at the border town to say, have you found her yet? There's this incredibly tense scene, isn't there, where um, he's yeah. like, she's due at the hotel any moment, and... Uh, 
and they're about to run away together and um Douglas turns up and he sort of sits down on the bed and everything he's he's trying to play it all school isn't it a hot day you know tell me about what you've been doing and you can just see Mitchum glancing at the clock hearing a creak of the door you know everything if she turns up and he finds that you know we're together now then we're going to get murdered basically and this scene goes on for a deliciously yeah. long time it's it's brilliant um anyway so they Kirk Douglas goes away they manage to get away and they go on the run together and Kirk Douglas finds out and becomes mm-hmm. obsessed with finding them and, you know, um, making them pay, basically. Yeah. But the person that finds them is Mitchum's old partner, who's now working for Kirk Douglas. I don't blame you, Jeff. Maybe I'd lied my head off just like you did. Your picture don't do you justice, baby. Why don't you break his head, Jeff? Cute. Which should have got her back? What I understand, they deserve each other. You working for him now? Who else would he get to find my partner? All right, Fisher, what's the pitch? You and I had a little deal, Jeff. Ten grand in expenses. Fifty-fifty. Remember? You used to have a good memory. Whatever happened to it? I didn't collect. Not the ten grand. If I can give you a tip. You tell Whit where we are. He might slip you a saw buck. So um, they scuffle, and Kathy murders his partner and flees. And Mitchum doesn't know where she's gone, what's happened. Cut to the present day. So he's about to go to Kirk Douglas's house to face the music. And Kirk Douglas is there. Sorry, what's Kirk Douglas's name in this again? I keep calling him Kirk Douglas at the point. Oh, uh, think... Wit. <clears throat> Wit, that's it. Uh, Wit is waiting for him and says, uh, you ran away with Kathy. you owe me one. I've got a job for you. What I want you to do is I want you to go to this man and steal some financial records that are going to be very damning for me. So um, Mitchum says, uh, no, I won't do it. And then in the door from the bedroom walks Kathy. She's been back with wit all along. Yeah. It's uh, it's enough to convince Mitchum that <clears throat> he, he has no cards to play. So he's going to go and do this job. But it turns out the job is not as clear-cut as it is, Wit actually setting him up for a murder. He murders the bookkeeper and sets up Mitchum. And the whole thing just... I mean, I can't... I won't go into everything that happens, but but that's that's the basic plot. No. So it's... He owes Wit one, so he does this job. Wit's actually double-crossing him. Kathy is actually not as as clean as she appears. She She's actually responsible for the murder of uh, Mitchum's yeah. partner, but it's being blamed on Mitchum. And is she actually playing yeah. him in this or is she playing wit as well? It's it's just such a tangled, tangled web of characters and motivations. It's brilliantly done. It's Shakespearean. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't, dis- I can't, I can't disagree with that. And that was a perfect reading of the plot. Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> a couple of things there though. I think we need, I think we certainly need to touch on one is the, uh, the, Fight between uh, between Jeff and his partner, brilliant. Mm, yeah. I mean, it, it's just so much. I mean, obviously they're they're full. Yeah, they're they're full. You know, body. You know, full on punches, and it's just it doesn't stop. It's almost like the. Um, I don't think you've seen it, but it's 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 almost like the fist fight in They Live. It just doesn't stop. It just keeps on going, and then yeah. the only reason it ends is because she, is because she shoots him, and it's just all like, ah, you could have let him go on for a little bit longer. <laughs> I know they're really going for it, aren't they? They're like flinging each other through over tables and throwing stuff yeah. and grabbing each other by the throat and throwing yeah. each other. It really is a pro- proper fight. Yeah. It's not one of these. <laughs> 
<laughs> fights that guy. You just think, no one could be punched in the face that many times. Yeah. Yes. What else? It's, it's definitely not uh, Colin Firth and Hugh Grant, is it? No. <laughs> Kicking at each other. <laughs> well, slapping like that, you know. <laughs> but, um, but no, no it is, it's, it, it's brilliant. But we must get to the most uh, pressing point of the entire film because it's what everyone everyone needs to know is uh, gush of the week, my friend. Oh, oh must you ask? <laughs> I I fell hard for I Jane must, Greer when I, I uh, must when I uh, watched this film. It was uh, almost like I couldn't believe that that a woman could be so beautiful. And isn't she perfect in this film? Because she is, it's hard to put it into words, but she's not sneaky looking. She doesn't try to look sneaky when she's doing something evil. All of her um, knives to yeah. the back come during her most innocent moments. You know, uh, you know her. she's begging for help yeah. and suddenly she'll turn on you. And just the way she's lit in this film and the way she's dressed. And there is a scene when um, he comes to... Her, her room just after he's been framed and she comes into her room to make the phone call to, that's going to frame him basically and he steps out of the door and says I caught you sort of thing and mm. she manages to somehow turn it round by you know just she just yeah. thinks on her feet she's so clever she's diabolical in this film um, she's yeah. perfect because she's oh, not yeah. like, she's not Veronica Lake yeah. you know she's not um, you know but she, there's something about her that she's just almost lit from within I think a lot of it is from Nicholas Musaraka's lighting of it. There's scenes in this movie you just can't believe are real. Mm. How, how did they make someone glow like that? I mean, just, it's incredible. Yeah. His, his work in this film is just genius, genius. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you about her performance as well because it would have been so easy, and especially with whoever the casting director was, it would have been so easy to, to cast someone who would have been, who would have just been okay, we need a diabolical woman who mm. would have just been uh, straight out evil all mm. the way through. And it would have made it so much less interesting. Mm. Whereas, as you say, she she literally turns. just she. I mean, it literally goes from one second of her being demure and uh, passive and submissive and crying to sort of being, holy crap, this woman's an uber b- and it just, it literally comes out of nowhere. And it's fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous. However, however, there is a big however there, my friend, is that I'm going to have to, I'm going to, uh, this doesn't happen often, but I'm going to have to disagree with you on the uh, on the gush of the week. Oh, I see. You like the girlfriend at home, did you? Virginia Houston. Dude. Oh, Very beautiful lady. Yeah. Mate, I mean, she is just almost a perfect girl next door beautiful. Mm. And and I was watching, and, and yeah, Jay Greer, don't get me wrong, beautiful woman, but I was watching this and I was just looking at Virginia Houston and I was just going, oh, oh yes, uh, this is, okay, this is for me. This is right up my alley. And it was just so like, and especially, right, no no spoilers in case no one's seen it because I hope people do watch this, but the ending, it was just like a massive kick in the balls. Mm. And it was just like, no, it was just, ah. Oh. Uh, uh, isn't that ending yeah. brilliant as well? It's so the end, the it's, end, it's it's a gut punch, mate. It's gut punch, but it's poetically perfect as well. You know, right. um, she, she wants to believe that a certain I can't I won't spoil the ending. She wants to believe that a certain character acted a certain way because they were bad, and it would have been so easy to say. I can't you spoil well, it. You well. But yeah, she wants a certain character to have done something because they are inherently mm-hmm. bad. And yeah. when they clearly weren't, and all it mm-hmm. would take is a nod or a shake of the head 
and yep. the guy that gives it to her grants her the peace to move on with her life. And um, even though it's uh, <laughs> even though it's hard for him to do it, and she rides off into the sunset, and she's able to find happiness. And the guy has to live with the knowledge himself. That is such a good ending. It's so bloody good. It is. I agree. I'm agreeing with you. I am. But do you not find it a little ambiguous? In what way? I mean, I mean that. Well, because I mean that ending, you could read it both ways. You you could read it uh, the way you said, or you could read it the way that he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So you do, you technically kinda don't know for a hundred percent sure. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh come on! He definitely lies to her so that she'll be able to go off and be happy. I'm just saying, mate. I'm just saying it's possible. No, what? Well, he kn- he knew what um he knew what the plan was. Didn't he? I know. Um, and I know. he knew he knew that um, he was going to do the right thing, but couldn't We're because doing so well. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he could very well have said, "No, he loved you all along, and he was a hero, and she would have never gotten over it." But instead, no. he says, "No, he did it. He he went off to be with her, and um, you should forget him." And so she says Fair thank enough. you and drives off and is able to find peace. I hope so. But yeah, but no, seriously, I mean, oh dear me. It's a great, yeah, she's great just she's she's just for me, that woman. Oh. Mm, Virginia Houston then. Dude, that, <laughs> that, that that whole that whole girl next door thing. Oh, bring it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um let's talk a little bit <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh Robert Mitchum. Mm. Uh wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Mm, uh yeah. it, it feels like I mean I, I I'll be perfectly honest with you, right? I was I looked through his uh, filmography mm. and obviously I'm still learning, which you know, uh and, and so I was looking through it. And I'd seen. Uh, actually, I'm going to have to double check, but I think it was two films. Two, only two I'd seen before this. Yet yeah, two. So it was. Oh yeah, Cape Fear, obviously. Mm. The original, which the is remake. wonderful. Uh, oh, he's in both, isn't he? Oh, yeah. see, so I've seen three. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. He was in the uh, the remake as well. And then, of course, the uh, uber classic of uh, Scrooge. Yeah, that's right. He's the boss, isn't he? <laughs> he really <laughs> See, is. the thing with Robert Mitchum is he's like Kirk Douglas for me because he was in films when I was growing up, and mm. he was in films like you know till only a few years ago. Really, I always like you know there are certain a- actors and stars that I associate with the golden age, like Cary mm. Grant, James Cagney, and stuff. They didn't exist in my lifetime or you know i wasn't aware of them in my lifetime but people like robert mitchum and stuff were hosting saturday night live yeah you know and so i always as much as i know they were part of the golden age Mm. i i'm my brain sort of says to me no they were kind of outside of it because they were in my time so uh but robert mitchum is great he's uh he's one of those actors that did stupendous amount of good work in low rent Mm. movies like Mm. i want you to see angel face it's a 1953 film noir again where he plays a mechanic, he falls in with this heiress who wants him to kill her stepmother. That's the basic Mm. plot. It's a bloody genius film. 1953 had no right to be as as good as it was, um, but is actually one of the most terrifying film noirs ever. So watchable. We need to watch that one soon. Did we watch that at a film festival? No, we didn't. Um, I reviewed it recently and gushed about it quite a lot, but no, we haven't watched it. I was going to say, because it... I, I'm just looking it up now, and it sounds incredibly familiar. Mm. So, 
No, it's excellent. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Even, it even is, if we is. don't do it on this show, you need to go and find Angel Face from 1953. But then there's this, there's Crossfire, sure, we'll there's... I mean, there's just... he's. You could see why he was such a massive star. And also really, oh, like, absolutely. cool guy as well. You know, like, oh, I know yeah. I know he did a lot of drugs and got arrested and stuff a lot. But he was kind of like, you know, well, you know... I Who like, hasn't? <laughs> he was like, you know, well, I like doing drugs, so I'll just keep doing it. And it was like, well, yeah. you know, people don't like him because of that. But really, he just did what he wanted. But also, he was extremely good to uh, his co-stars. He was very good with women. Right, there was um, Gene Simmons got... From Kiss? <laughs> That Gene Simmons. Yeah, yeah, that Gene Simmons, yeah. When when he was a, when he was a young starlet back in Greg. <laughs> Before he met Shannon Tweed. The <laughs> yeah. so Gene Simmons was making um Angel Face with Robert Mitchum. And there's a scene in it where um Robert Mitchum has to slap her because she's being hysterical. Now uh okay. Gene Simmons was under contract to Howard Hughes at the time and she was having a terrible time because he'd propositioned her and she was married to Stuart Granger and said, I can't, I'm married and Well also also for the fact that Howard Hughes was a complete lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, he owned he owned her contract. He owned, he owned yeah. Arca, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> he was a completely unpredictable person. So he said, to, "This is the man who collect, collected bottles of his own urine." Let's remember. <laughs> let's remember. Just saying. Let's well, tell the I'm just story. saying. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just saying. If you want someone's viewpoint, his probably isn't the best to go to. No, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, he owned her contract and said, yeah. I want you to sleep with me. And she said, no, I'm married. So he said to Otto Preminger, who was directing Angel Face at the time, I want you to yeah. punish her. I want I want her roughed up a lot. So anything you can do to make oh. life difficult for her on the set of Angel Face, I want you to do it. So Otto Preminger, being you know the insidious little toad that he was, asked Mitchum to slap her for real on set. Mm. So Mitchum slaps her really hard. And then he said, give us another one. Take, and he did it for about seven takes, and Mitchum was getting, you know, really pissed off with it, basically. Good. And um, he said, "Do it again." And and Simmons was near, near to tears, so Mitchum just strolled over to Otto Preminger, grabbed him by the throat, and punched him so hard that he flew across the yes. set and into yeah! into a into a pile of cans. And he said, <laughs> he literally just said, "Is that how hard you want it?" <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but he just stuck up for people. He was That's great friends brilliant. with lots of people. Just a really cool guy, you know, and great. What a great mm. face. He's just one of those faces. Not like yeah. you don't look at him and go, wow, what a perfectly formed face. You look at him and go, what interesting face. I want to know more about this person. So he's perfect for film noir because he casts Absolutely, an amazing yeah. shadow. I agree. I agree. Actually, this this reminds me in that uh, when you first announced that this is uh, the film we were going to be reviewing on this episode, your very cryptic clue of uh, mm. if I liked Phil Collins, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and of it? course I have I have I have I have since found out. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I I understand I understand it now that this was loosely remade um, by uh, Mister Helen Mirren. And uh, as uh, against all odds, mm. and uh, which is which is a shockingly bad film. I remember <laughs> watching that a long time ago, and it's terrible. And um, and also, it's got James Woods in, and he's been cancelled now, hasn't he? Mm. So you know, yeah. we we can't talk about that. But um, but I was I was watching I was watching this film, and 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 was looking at um, was looking at Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas and uh, and and the rest of the cast and and Jane Greer and everyone else, and and I had picked actors for every spot of a, of a proper remake mm. it's it, i i don't know about you but it's unavoidable i mean mitchum to me looks like liam neeson 
Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Could, perhaps in his younger years, he could have done this. Yeah, definitely. He's 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 got that nose and he's got that chin. Yeah, and, and that, it's just that physicality was... as well. He needs to be brawny, mm. but not like muscly. Yeah. Just just no. like you would. You just look at him and go, "Ooh, I wouldn't tangle with him." That's the same sort. No, of he's a big. He, he's a big lad. Mm. He's a big lad, and mm. uh, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't mess. You, and so it's just sort of like. Right, you, you know that All if right. you punch you, you'd feel it. Mitch, well, he's Mitch Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Right, let, let's have a bit of fun. So if you could cast uh, Jane Greer's part, mod, modern day, who who would you cast? Oh, I don't know. It'd have to be someone not... Um, I would say someone like Nat, Natalie Portman might be good. You know, that kind of... That's a really good show. Very beautiful, but... Mm quietly beautiful not not ostentatiously you know known for do you know what i'm trying to say it's more like it's more like mm, a, a reserved it, sexiness and i think right you know, someone like natalie portman maybe that's 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 a really good shout i yeah i hadn't even thought of that that's really good um, okay you? Uh, well, you? who would you pick oh uh well the, the only one i really came up with I, I don't know if you know her uh she's an actress called maura tierney She was in, um, she was in ER, she was in Liar Liar, Mm. but so yeah, about 20 years ago and when she had the longer hair and she was, you know, kind of, uh, the sort of the, that kind of, yeah, I I just saw her there and that, 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 that worked for me. So if, um, um, if, if you were casting the Mitchum part, you, you would pick Liam Neeson, would you? Yes, I would. Yes. I I think, yeah, Liam Neeson would be good. No, no. If if I'm thinking like people who could play it now, Liam, Liam Neeson would be perfect. 20 okay. years ago, I would say. It needs to be someone a bit mm-hmm. younger. I'd say someone like Tom Hardy, maybe, for now, because he's like the right sort of age, and plus he's got that yeah. sort of brooding, sort of good knock your head off kind of strength yeah. to him as well. Like, you know, All right, like I'll contained go with that. fire. Yeah. But yeah, Liam Neeson, like definitely, if it was mm-hmm. the 90s, maybe. Yeah. So now, now, this was a tricky one. What about Kirk Douglas's mm. uh, part? That is mm. a tough one. That's a very tough one, actually. How he's about gotta you? He's got to be kind of... He's, well, he's got to be kind of kind of petite-ish, mm. but also menacing at the same time. So I was thinking Tim Roth. That's a good. That's a good shout. Yeah, someone who's not like not necessarily. He's not physical well, he's at all, bloke. is he? Yeah, he's little in it. No, he's a little bloke, but he can be scary. Yeah, it's more like yeah. Tim Roth's a good shout, actually. Plus, it doesn't yeah. really matter how old he is either, does it? No, because because you'd expect these well, sort of because Tim Roth, to have Tim Roth doesn't age. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Or maybe Robert Pattinson, or someone who's oh, I can see that who's a little bit like not not weedy because he's not weedy, but I, I wouldn't no, say I wouldn't be but... terrified of Robert Pattinson <laughs> in the way that I am. Well, he's Tom Batman Hardy. now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's Batman. He can yeah, take you. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Um, but um, but then uh, the the only other one I really really properly thought about was and was uh, was uh, Virginia Houston. <laughs> you sound like so, you've thought about her quite a lot. <laughs> I mate mate I have. But I mean, th- there's only one choice for me for this one. But I want to hear yours first. Uh, I would, would say someone like Amy Adams. I don't know. Oh, you bastard! Yeah. <laughs> I just knew you were going to pick Amy Adams. That was <laughs> I will pick Amy Adams for any role ever. I know she's your dream I girl. I love I love that woman so much. So would you pick Amy Adams then? Yes. Mm. Just all day, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for anything. Anything you want. You say, do you want to recreate uh the video to uh, uh Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up with Amy Adams? I'll be like, Yes, do it, do it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I will I will f- do anything for Amy Adams. Yeah. Sorry, I got lost there for a moment. 
Or Kylie Minogue, but there you go. But uh, that's, that's different. That's different. Anyway, your choice, your choice. Oh, or were you going to stick with Amy Adams just to piss me off? Well, Amy Adams is a very good shout. Yeah, no, I can't really think of anyone who who would be better. Very good shout. Yeah. The only the only other one I thought was uh, for Rhonda Fleming. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who play, plays Miss Carson? Yeah. The only one I thought could be really good for that was uh, Jessica Chastain. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. Or Christina Hendricks. Mm. Someone like. Well, you know, well, they're both the same people. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be they so really pl- they'll be so pleased to uh, hear you sing. <laughs> they are they're the same. And then you throw in uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's like I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard is, um, is a is a very um, yeah big, big crush of mine. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's lovely, absolutely mm. adorable. Yeah, um, something you said uh, just about ten minutes ago now, but uh, it's just stuck <laughs> in my head, which is which is actually a little bit it's a little bit depressing because you you say that you you said that you know these these. Uh, stars, you know, Robert Mitch and, and so forth, you you think of them as being uh, before your time, but they, they, they weren't. They were current. I mean, as you said, mm. they host, uh, he hosted SNL and he was still going. He was in Scrooge, which was quite, well, I say quite modern. It's what, 30 years old now. But what do you, I mean, I don't, but you, you have kids, you have young kids and what the are they going to have in the future? <laughs> oh, um, I, I remember Channing Tatum. It's like, oh, you poor f- well, the thing is, they haven't even got George Clooney uh, really either, because George Clooney was like no. it was like the classic movie star, along with Brad Pitt and you know Matt, all the Oceans guys, you know, in the two thousands, two thousand tens or whatever. It's like who have you got now? You've got Marvel stars. You've got Robert Downey Jr. I guess is like a big like well, someone you know, act. They, someone who can do everything. Mm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Who is who is omnipresent and good and I mean someone like say Edward Norton I would say who I am a massive fan of I think he's wonderful <laughs> but he's not massive no, you know he, what I mean no he he almost was wasn't he and now he's it's almost yeah. like he just sort of does passion project things yeah just, then the he makes, started is, making religious films which was really weird yeah the the problem is Smokey yeah. that um yes yeah, stars these days are mm. only you know stars because they're in these franchise films and stuff. And, yeah. and while they are huge fun to watch and I thoroughly enjoy them. Back then you were making one film and then going straight off that to make another film. And sometimes they were B movies and sometimes they were horror movies and sometimes they were noir films. You were a contract player. Mm-hmm. You got paid a, a salary every week and you did what the studio said. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, we'll offer this to you. And if you, if you like no. it, then we'll work out a percentage. It's like, you know, you were an employee. You were just told to go there and, and act, yeah. and told to go there and act, and told to go there and act. So there was just, oh, people had no choice but to be more diverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were. I, I think the the only two that instantly spring to mind, and I'm not actually a big fan of either of them. I mean, they're very good at what they do, but they just rub me up the wrong way, are uh, Paul Dano and Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. I've they, done... they do seem to kind of do what they want. yeah. They do, yeah, but they don't do it very often either. You know, it's kind of like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> well, I I, I I love Paul Dano. I think he's brilliant, and I really yeah. I, I think he's a great writer. I really like Zoe Kazan, and I will watch anything that Greta Gerwig does because I think she, she's absolutely brilliant. She's she's she is, for she's me. Wonderful. She's yeah. the she's the best thing in in movies at the moment. Totally, I watch anything with her. Oh, uh, even oh like, no, Florence. Florence Pugh is up there for me. Florence Pugh's great, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Greta Gerwig, I think, not even so much 
the film she directs, although they're equally as good, but just the film she stars in. I just think she's just a great star. She's brilliant at she delivering is. everything. She's just perfect in every film. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Anyway, should we go back yes, to yes. Out of the anyway, Past? Out of the past. <laughs> should we go out of the future and into the past? <laughs> oh, nicely done. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned about uh, Musaraka and Musaraka. Jack Tonner. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Tonneau as well. So they're both alum of Val Luton. Yeah, I mean, Jacques Tonneau was already an established director um, mm. before he met Luton. Luton came over yeah. from uh, Selznick's studio and was heading up the horror department, and he yeah. knew Jacques Tonneau from, from the Selznick days. What? Go on. Sorry, no, it was just, it was like spinning a top. It was like, I've mentioned Val Luton. And not watching Here Jack I go. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, when Luton, uh, Luton had worked with um, Tonneau on the yeah. second unit Sorry. of Taylor Two Cities for Selznick and had really enjoyed the experience. And so when he came over to RKO, he said, um, there are a few people I want in my team. And one of them was Nicholas Musaraka, who was a cinematographer just doing the most incredible things with black and white. Yeah, just the shades of... there were, it, was, it wasn't black and white. There was silver and there's moonlight and there's cobweb and there's, you know, there's there's bl- blinding whites and next to... How, how do you even shine a blinding white light onto a black background and somehow make part of that silver? It's just, he just, he was Incredible. a magician. Yeah. So he said, I want him as the cameraman because he can do anything. And I want Jacques Tourneur to direct because he's just a master of shadow and that we're going to need it, basically. So he worked with yeah. Val Luton and was, they were so successful on their first three films, Cat People, I Walked With The Zombie and The Leopard Man, which we've done, that the, our, the bigwigs at RKO thought it would be wise to split them up so as to double the um, success, when in reality so all that did was dilute both of them because they both complemented each other so well. So basically Musaraka worked with Luton on most of his films and worked with Tourneur because they both recognised that this guy, you can dream an image into your, you know, onto, in, into being if you have this man yeah. working for you. He can do anything with mm-hmm. light. So um, you, it just led to these incredible films that had no right to be as as beautiful as they are. They're just mm-hmm. noirs. They're just horrors. But mm-hmm. with Tourneur's magic when it comes to staging, with Tourne, um, sorry, with Musaraka's magic when it comes to yeah. staging, yeah, yeah. Tourneur's direction and Luton overseeing the whole thing it was just once in a generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. So so talk to the noir novices out there, like myself, um, who may be only familiar with a few uh, noir proper... I still can't stop doing it. Noir. Noir. I, 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 there's something I need, I need to stop doing it. So obviously my proper, proper first introduction was Double Indemnity, mm. which I've rated a 10 out of 10. Where would you place out of the past alongside... Uh, double indemnity. Oh, for, well, for me, Out of the Past is one of the, you know, one of the great movies of all time. Personally, I would say for me, it's the most noir movie I, okay. I see, I've seen and enjoy. I think it's perfect in terms of plot, in terms of the way it looks, in terms of the performances. The story is just incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a great one to start with, but if you get lost, don't worry because lots of people do. It's just a bit of a... It has great yeah. respect for its audience in that it just tells oh, its story it and says, well, hopefully you'll keep up with this because it's very complicated, but also do stick with it because it's so rewarding. And and because yeah. because you do become so invested in the characters and the story, that's why that ending is such a... <laughs> it's such a bloody punch to the face. 
Um, really but there are other noirs, obviously more famous than this. Of like course, Maltese of course. Falcon, I would say, is probably of course yeah. one of the big ones. Um, yeah. Another good one to start with, actually, if you want to get into noir, is uh, I wake up screaming, which is sometimes recognised as the first film noir, and that's just oh. a straight murder mystery with Victor Mature, Carol Landis, and it's it's really really good fun, really watchable, and you can see where the sort of noir stylings begin to. S- take shape sure that's a great fun one to start with but out of the past for me good. i would say probably my favorite film noir yeah it's it's definitely Fair enough. i can watch it and just be thrilled no matter how many times i've seen it i mean that's really good i mean because again being a novice you you just kind of you pick up on certain things that you think are synonymous with noir that, that as you say the sort of the, the the black and white and the shadows and and of course the the voiceover the narration mm-hmm. and and you do get to recognize it and it and it I don't know how to say this without sounding a bit but it but it it comes it it becomes comforting that's why when I said that I finally looked at how long I'd watched and it was fifty minutes and I was just all like whoa and it was just like okay I I I'm I'm over halfway to to the end of the film and I I don't want to be. Mm. But it's actually because obviously it's so kind of fresh in my brain because we only released it this week of the um, His Girl Friday episode. Is that you know that we we complained ad nauseum and we won't do it anymore <laughs> um, about the the sort of um, we we won't we won't annoy anyone else. But the the barrage of dialogue and and plot lines and exposition that comes hurtling at you, but. In this, in uh, out of the past, it's it's delivered in such a a nice, sedate, calm way. Where I'm just and even with the flashbacks and jumping backwards mm. and forwards in time, it didn't bother me at all. It was just sort of like, ha. Ah. It was mm. it was relaxing. It was like, right, this is how you tell a story. It's subtle right? and respectful. And so, to bearing your... in mind, yeah, mm. that's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah. Mm. And so when I look back to when I first watched it all those years ago, I can't remember how long ago. It must be 15 years ago, if not more. And and it didn't really stick in the head very much. But then I watched it with the film club and it was just like, yeah, this is all right. And then, and then I watched it today and it was just all like, all right, I'm getting this now. Mm. And sometimes when a film just, it's like one of those, um, what the hell do you call them? Those uh, uh, slot machines in an arcade when you drop two peas in mm. and the, the drawer is sliding back and forth to knock it over the edge. This film, uh, once I once it just hit me right in the head, it knocked all the two peas into my drawer and it was like, got it. And it was just, it's just lovely. Do you mean, and, do you I, mean I, that I love it when a film does that. Do you mean that it's um, uh, helped you recognize noir now? Is that what you mean? Like you, you can kind of. Do you think you could watch a noir and recognize yeah. it from from Double Indemnity in this? Oh, uh, absolutely. Mm. I get a bit annoyed when people go, "A film noir mm. is a film noir when it has you know this, 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 and this in it." And and for me, film noir has never been that. It's always been about a feeling you get or a mood it puts you in, or mm. it's something about because people describe to have and have not as a as a film noir. And I, you know, that's not a film to me anyway. You know, it's like a more like an adventure movie, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's something about film noir. I think you know when it's done right like this, then um, then yeah. it's just it's in it's just intoxicating. And as you say, the the way that the story I is done in Out of the Past is it's done so subtly, and it's all about character, and it's it respects you enough 
to say, I'm not going to sit here at the 20 minute mark and, and spoon feed you what's just happened. It just says, please come on this journey with us and try to keep up. If you don't watch it again. Yeah. Referring to what you, what you mentioned before is that the um, narrative of it doesn't treat you like a child. Mm. It treats you as someone who who can and 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 I'll be perfectly honest. I'd got it into my head that the plot was harder to follow than it actually was. And once once you break it down and you mm. get in the rhythm of it, it's not tricky at all. No, it's not. And no. and it just flows and it's nice. And 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 I, and again, I know I say this quite often because uh, and normally I'm actually quite picky, but uh, on uh, mainly with horror movies. But with <laughs> this one, there is there is not a weak link in the cast. They're all spectacular. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Even the supporting players, yeah. like um, like the heavy Kirk Douglas is second in command. Precisely. Yeah, he's great, and he plays a much yeah. larger role than you think he's going to play as well. It's just a, it's just a yeah. little bit of a wonder of a film. And Dicky Dicky Moore, who plays the um the uh, gas station guy, the, the, the oh one. the kid, yeah, yeah. The, the kid. Um, he, he's great in it as well. So, I mean, the whole bit with the it's just the, it's just the perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to yeah, say, I've got it on Blu-ray, it's, it's, it's and it's one, it's definitely a Blu-ray mm. worth having. It's it's even more beautiful if that's uh, if that's possible. <laughs> uh, just so I am caught up as well as the uh, the listeners, is that uh, an imported one? Because I didn't think that was available in the UK on Blu-ray. No, it's not. It's um, no, it's, I got it from HMV. Oh, my online sources betrayed me. It's this one. I got it from HMV. Look. Oh, oh, that's pretty. Oh well, then I must buy that. But, um... It's their premium collection, <laughs> number 79, if you're interested. Right, right, yeah, okay, excellent. I, <laughs> that is very good to know. Because, no, I did I did look at uh, the availability of it uh, to buy as a hard copy, and, uh, yeah, it just, it just kept coming up that there was just a, an American copy available, which I was very disappointed in. But now that I know that, that's mm. always good. Um, before we leave, uh, yeah. rating, my friend, do you want to rate this film? Uh, well, it's a 10 for me. Yeah, it's a perfect film. Yeah, it's a 10 for me. Out of the Aww. past gets a 10. It's it's definitely a film I recommend. I would heartily recommend to anyone, not in with without reservations. It's mm-hmm. perfectly acted, perfectly made, and uh, deserves its place, I would say, as probably the best film noir ever made. Wow. Okay. That's very high praise. Hmm. Well, you can't, I can't praise this film high enough. Apparently not. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Okay, okay. Well, it's my turn. And uh, as usual, I'm probably going to disappoint Adam. Um, And I'm not going to do this often. Um, But uh, we watched it a couple of weeks ago, as I said, with the film club. And I gave it it a respectable score-ish. Um, and then I watched it again today, and uh, I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I'm a, I'm going to give this a ten. Wow! Yes. This is um, this is absolutely wonderful. It is spectacular and perfect. Wow! Um, I I I can't I I can't I can't knock it. I. I, I I'll be perfectly honest with you. The, when I mentioned before, uh, when I mentioned earlier, sorry, that um, w- uh, why I was looking at the time was because I was thought I was so far into it, and I'm like, right, this hasn't stopped being excellent yet. <laughs> and so I really was, uh, like I said before, I was waiting for the ass to drop out of it, and it really, really didn't. Mm. And and it's gone onto my list of one of the best films I've ever seen. It's it's absolutely wow. exceptional. <laughs> Amazing. 
Wow. Well, old movie aficionados are going to be very happy I will, with you. I will be buying the Blu-ray. Yeah, cool. Well, you it's know, fine, it's fine. Yeah, look, it, <laughs> I need to make it up to him after my His Girl Friday rating. So. <laughs> Yay, Smokey does like old films. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I do, I do. Hey, look, I've been, I've been very good up until last one, last episode. But um, no, mate, this is, this is, this is absolutely brilliant. It is. I mean, personally, for me, I can't, I can't separate this and Double Indemnity so far. I, I love them both. I there's love them both. N- there's very, very no good. reason and why w- you should. I will be back. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason why you should. No, one is not better than the other. It's like trying to say a screwdriver is better than a carrot. It's like if they're both tens, they're both tens. It doesn't matter. No, it is a ten. I've rated it online as a ten. I will be buying it. It's up there with you know Jaws and the Sting and Terminator Two for me. So it's you know it's 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 absolutely stupendously good. And if anyone has the opportunity to watch it, then I I, I can't recommend it enough. Ah, oh, well, how great! What a great way to end the show. <laughs> I thought you'd be happy with that. <laughs> um, before we go, though, um, re- do you wish to remind the listeners of the next film we're going to be watching? Well, you asked for a Sherlock Holmes film, didn't you? It, it wasn't me, my friend. It was one of our listeners. Um, yes, uh, it was our listener, Craig, uh, who left us a five-star rating and a review on uh, on iTunes. And um, he would say, uh, sorry, he said, uh, would love you to review a Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes film. And I, and I, all I said to you was, the criteria was, was that I didn't want it to be uh, Hand of the Baskervilles because I've already seen it. So I would like to see something new. Cool. Well, and you pick something else. Yes. Um, they made 14 movies. So The Hand of the Baskervilles and The Adventures uh-huh. of Sherlock Holmes were the first two, and they were the only ones set in the the proper period, shall we say. And then the series moved to Universal and became uh-huh. sort of this contemporary anthology series where Sherlock would go all over the world and investigate these crimes, which were very, very um, Conan Doyle-esque in their construction, but more to do with the, sure. the radio series. My favourite of the Universals... Uh-huh. And I definitely prefer the Universals to the period ones. I, because I just think, you know, okay. why not? Why not stick him in against the Nazis? And why not put him in against, you know, 1930s and 40s villains? Why not? It's a great idea. <laughs> no one's thought of that since. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Gators. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> my favourite of the Universal bunch is... Oh, it's between three. I like the Scarlet Claw. I like the Spider Woman. But I think my favourite mm-hmm. is the Pearl of Death, which... Mm. Well, that is the one you said on the last episode. Okay, cool. That's good. Because <laughs> that one has Lestrade. It has a really good mystery, a really good baddie. Plus, there's even a touch of horror to it because it's the one that features Ooh. the Hoxton Creeper, played by Mr. Rondo Hatton. Oh. So, yes, that's my pick, okay. the Pearl of Death. Wonderful. <laughs> that is what we are doing next time, which is, uh, yeah, which, uh, and the, the rate we're knocking them out at the moment, I think that would be quite soon as well. Yeah. We'll record <laughs> that one tomorrow, shall we? <laughs> no. <laughs> Smokey needs sleep. <laughs> Adam needs food. Oh, but that was absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Well, that's true. <laughs> Adam needs a lot of things, but we're, we're not going into that right now. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, this has been wonderful. Yeah, what a fantastic choice. And I'm, uh, I'm so glad I got to watch it again. And I will be buying it. I will. It's what, brilliant. Absolutely. Amazing. I'm so glad you liked it, Smokey. And thank you for embracing it so I hard. I think, it's, you know, it's one of the greatest movies ever. And to hear that it's clicked with you is a treat indeed. 
Love you. <laughs> I love you too, my friend. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here after that. So, uh, anyone else, if you want to be cool, like other people who, exactly, who have emailed us, <laughs> then get in touch on all the best lines at gmail.com and then find us on Twitter at uh, bestlinespod. I always get that wrong, but yeah, that's right. That's the right one. Anyway, uh, my dear friend, Adam, all the best. Lines, my friend. <laughs> Love you, Bernard. <laughs> Love you, Deirdre. Uh, I would say someone like Amy Adams. I don't know. Oh, you bastard! Yeah. <laughs> I just knew you were going to pick Amy Adams. <laughs> I will pick Amy Adams for any role ever. <laughs> I know she's your dream. I girl. love. I love that woman so much. <laughs>